Hey guys, you're listening to the Braveheart Podcast. For more information about Braveheart Ministries, visit braveheartministries.org. Right, so all the philosophies and world religions through this, this now false sense of divinity have released light into the world. There's, there's revelation and light that these old religions have. I call it light because there's, there's some realms of truth. Buddha was teaching things. If you go study these writings, Jesus is not all of Jesus' teachings were new in one sense. Are you with me? But where, where those religions ended, where they ended, like those guys that gave the tenets of their faith, they went into the grave. And their tenets were the only thing that remained. What distinguishes Christianity from every other religion is that our Lord came up the other side of the grave with a revelation, a new revelation that he beheld of God. And he says, behold, all power on earth is given to me and all authority. So he's now possessing power over death. And he's, and he's bringing this higher revelation to us, to humanity, breathing upon them, receive the Holy Spirit. And then 50 days later, he's actually with the authority, with the blood on the mercy seat. He's baptizing humanity. He's administering the Holy Spirit of God into the hearts of humanity, making us divine, restoring what was lost in the garden. It's, it's so far beyond what we've made it. Are you with me? And so I want you to see how, how this thing unraveled. So, so their eyes were opened. That's, that's one of the things I want you to see with the fall, that the knowledge opened their eyes. So if the knowledge opened their eyes and they saw themselves and relationship was broken off, then the gospel, which is here, these are the promises of the gospel of Jesus and his work, it must close our eyes to what opened our eyes in the garden. Think about that. What if you couldn't see how weak and inadequate you are? What if you couldn't see it? What if you couldn't see how weak and inadequate other people are? What if you were blind to it? What would that be like? How much joy would you have? What if, what if, what if you couldn't see the things that now make you wonder whether God loves you or not? What if you couldn't see those things anymore? How aware do you think you would be of God's presence? If the result of eyes opened is hiding from God, right now you can be hiding from God. Did you know that? You know God's presence is in this room like, like if, you, if you recognized and became aware of His presence right now, like we've gathered in His name and He's, he's present. Like the living God's present. Like I'm not talking about a, a man or a Bible. Like, like the living, like Jesus is alive and He's here right now. He's here because we've gathered in his name. But many of us, many of you, even now, have difficulty perceiving his presence because you have a list, an internal list that has been generated by your operating system of the knowledge of good and evil. You have this, this operating system within, and you've created a list over yourself, and you've tallied the things that you said, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. And those things open your eyes to your own nakedness. They produce fear in the innermost being of your heart. They produce fear in your spirit. And this thing comes, I wonder if he's going to punish me for this list of things. It's happening presently this moment. And what the gospel does is when you start to see that love keeps no record of wrongs, 
we no longer in covenant and gospel are allowed, have permission to keep a record of our own wrongs. Why? Because that's what God covenanted. That's how he covenanted to love us. Does he sweep those wrongs under the rug and just pretend like they don't exist? They went, they went there. They were accounted for. So there's a, there's a confidence. See, now when you start to see the problem that your conscience is defiled, you're not aware of God's presence. And, and this was the context in which the gospel comes to us. Now when you start to see the cross, you're like, well, how can I, Peter, I have, you don't know what I did. Like, man, I, I messed up. I looked at porn last night. I got drunk or I, I got angry. Whatever it is, like you're the thing that you know you're not supposed to do. I was going to, I was going to, you know, even now on the good side of the list, I was going to read my Bible for an hour last night and I, I just didn't do it. I was going to worship and I, instead I watched Netflix. Like, I don't know what defiles your conscience, but when you see that this was more than just a, a one-time thing that like, oh, now that gets me to heaven, that this, this actually pinned everything that you could ever count evil against yourself was pinned upon Jesus. Why? Because he wants your conscience clear and he wants you blind to your own nakedness. Is that clear? I I need a, I'm, I'm getting some, I'm seeing some of your countenances light up. Can I tell you a secret? Don't, now don't change. Now I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. You know, the Bible says if your eye is single, your whole body will be filled with light. I can actually see when your spiritual eyes begin to see the gospel, you literally, you become light. Like your countenance, I see lights going off in your eyes. Did you know that? I, I've seen I've, this now for seven years I've done this. You can tell when people, their faith is, is, is resting on Jesus and taking off of them because something happens. Their body gets filled with a new light. You think, come on, Moses' face shone like a light bulb under an old covenant when you're when you when you see Jesus and all of a sudden your eyes get off of you and you're like whoa he did all that for me and this your confidence from within comes and this faith explodes that's what happened when you feel that thing y'all feel that when I'm talking sometimes and the words coming and you feel that thing inside of you you're like whoa like that that thing that's called faith and faith is like when your eyes get on Jesus and off of you that's what faith is Okay. Any other thoughts on that? Does that make sense? So eyes opened, hiding from God. That's like the simplest I can say it from the fall. I think what's important to take, and my brother had a great revelation he shared after Tuesday. He said, if a day with the Lord is a thousand years, and God said, in the day you eat, you'll surely die. They never got to the thousand. I thought that was cool. It was amazing. So, but what we do need to see from here is that a spiritual death took place, and I want to show you this. Spiritual death, and then, and then you're going to see a soul death, which means the, the, the mind, the will, and emotions of humanity uh, begin to get all messed up. And then you're going to see physical death eventually take place. Now, you have to see this as a progression, that this didn't happen all at once, right? They didn't physically die, and immediately Adam and Eve, their, their emotions weren't necessarily other than fear, but they weren't fully corrupt by the death, right? They were still offering to God. Like, if you go to Cain and Abel, like, why was Cain and Abel making offerings to God if their soul was completely cut off from God? 
Genesis 4, just the next chapter, which we're going to hop into, right? So you see that it took some time for this death to work itself out. Why that's important is because when you put your faith in Jesus, in His work as Messiah, your spirit's made righteous. In a moment, what this produced in the garden is now reversed by the work of a Messiah. And, and the grace comes and you get saved and your spirit's righteous as He's righteous. Well, what's crazy about that is you may still be experiencing death in your soul and, and death in your body. And that's why the Bible says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to act. Both to will, soul, and to act, body. Did y'all catch that? You're pregnant with God. If it took sin some 900 years to manifest in the mortal body and produce death, what does righteousness look like in your mortal body? It looks like death has no mastery over you because you've, you've been made righteous, body, soul, and spirit. Right? Okay, we'll go there later. Y'all are, y'all are looking at me funny. Look at uh, Genesis 4. We're gonna, I want to show you now from this the consequences... We talked about the garden. This was just perfect relationship. Man and woman together with God, naked and unashamed. The fall, eyes were opened, hiding from God's presence. They saw their nakedness. And then you see uh, Eve's kids, Cain. Uh, she's gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Again, Eve is still conscious of God. She's giving God credit for <coughs> helping her have a baby. Amazing. Uh, you know the story. Cain brings, uh, he's a worker of the ground, which God cursed. Uh, and Abel was uh, a, a shepherd. And it says in verse 4 that um, they bring this offering, and God has regard for Abel's offering. Uh, but Cain, he had no regard, and so Cain was angry, and he kills his brother. Um, and then God speaks to him, and he says this. He says, And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground. So man wasn't cursed until what he did actually ended up coming back as a memorial to God. And actually the ground cursed Cain through blood. Okay? So you're going to see bloodshed is the first outward effect in action of the sin that took place spiritually. You guys with me? I know this seems like a little weird. I hope it's not boring you. And he, and he tells uh, Cain, it's no longer going to give you a strength. You're going to be a fu- fugitive. Cain's like, man, Lord, that's too much. I can't handle that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be hidden from your face. And look at what he says. I want you to see this, verse 14, because there's some prophetic imagery here. Behold, verse 14 of chapter 4. Behold, I have... Uh, You have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Say wanderer. And whoever finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who find him should attack him. Uh, Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod. Now, my Bible has a footnote, and nod means wandering. So they were in the presence of God. This went wrong in the fall. 
bloodshed, and now mankind is wandering. Does that sound familiar? What do you know? What's another wandering story? Israel was wandering in the wilderness. Where were they before that? In complete bondage, yeah? Where were they promised to go? Canaan. So now you see the consequences of sin, bloodshed, Cain starts wandering, which I think is prophetic of all men. You're you're now seeing that, that when man hides from God's presence, he begins to wander. I'm showing you this. Why? Because many believers, their journey back to the garden is the same way. You have to go through the same route that sin took you. See, sin led you out of God's presence into a place of wandering and ultimately into a place of complete bondage. Y'all are not seeing this here. I want to show you. Egypt, which represents the flesh in sin, in bondage. You have the wilderness, which represents wandering, unbelief. And you have the garden, which is intimacy, which is blessing, which is houses you didn't build and vineyards you didn't plant. Okay? So man started here in the garden. And through bloodshed, through the fall, he began to wander in the wilderness. This is Cain. You're seeing it now from the flip side. Okay? So Cain begins to wander. Then you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Israel that come after this line, right? You have Noah. Then you have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob becomes Israel. He has 12 sons. And those sons eventually get led off into Egypt through Joseph. He brings the whole family in the famine to Egypt, right? And then years later, Pharaoh dies, and they, and they enslave they enslave Israel just like God promised Abraham way back in Genesis 15. He's like, hey, you're going to have a bunch of kids. You're going to be blessed. But listen, they're going to go into a land, and they're going to be hosed. They're going to be slaves. And he, God promises Abraham way back in Genesis 15, all this happens. So they end up in sin and bondage. In this way, you see the unraveling and the consequences of sin. And it ultimately leads to sin and death and bondage, which represented by Egypt. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Braveheart Podcast. For more resources, visit braveheartministries.org.